this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and standing by to join me is Catherine Isabel Easton. We're going to talk about her film, Borrelia Borealis. Did I get that right? You did! Excellent. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's a writer, director, actress, and her film is having its world premiere at the 2021 La Femme International Film Festival. Bravo. Um, or it did, excuse me. It, ha- it had its premiere, correct? It did. It did. We premiered about two weeks ago and we got to uh, play it at LA Live, which was just the most amazing experience ever. <laughs> amazing. So this is this is so exciting for you. And I watched the trailer. I put everything up on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Uh, tell me what led you to this moment. How did you start off, you know, as an actress? Oh, wow. Well, I think um, I started when I was very young. I was probably three years old when I when I started singing and dancing and just really I'd watch the Disney movies and want to, you know, exactly. Lots of, you know, sound and music, all the all the musicals. And so that was sort of my gateway in into acting. Um, And so I started voice lessons and doing a lot of like community theater. And then that led me to eventually going to conservatory in New York City. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) How long were you in New York City? I was in New York just under five years. And I feel like it was a really good place to get my training. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. glad I got my training out there. It was, you know, New York's pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pretty cutthroat. I mean, Los Angeles is as well. But um, getting that background in the theater was, I think, instrumental to me, just being able to understand um, how this industry works as a whole and just gives gives you such a good discipline yes um before you move to a place like los angeles where yeah discipline is sort of <laughs> kind of like uh i don't know you lose time out here right like yes like wow five years went by what did what happened <laughs> the weather's beautiful i don't know. I know what year is it did i oversleep <laughs> um exactly. yeah i love how there's a delay to the reaction of the joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> We'll blame that on the internet. Um, so let's talk about the pandemic because uh, your script is kind of based on that. But was that an experience that you felt in some sense? Like what made you want to write about the pandemic? Yeah, well, so it was sort of a critical moment in my life when this script came about because I had I had been writing for years at this point. I had sold a couple of scripts. You know, that sounds fancy. Um, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, here, kid, here's 1200 bucks. Right. Here's the life. All right, I'll take it. Uh, right. So things like that. And I had, you know, I had placed on in several writing competitions. And, you know, there had been some movement, but I had been very by the books about everything. I followed all the rules. And I had been wanting to make a movie in 2020. I had saved a little teeny tiny little bit of money and was like, okay, okay we're going to finally do like a, an independent feature. And then I got diagnosed with late stage chronic Lyme disease. And then two months later, the world shut down <laughs> due to the pandemic. Um, mm. And we, you know, my husband and I, you know, we lost pretty much every, you know, all of our money, all of our savings. Um, wow. because we are both independent contractors and so there was just nothing coming in and then all of a sudden we had all this money going out for Lyme disease uh on top of the pandemic stuff and so I just was like I think you might call it like a rock bottom moment of like I don't know what I'm doing anymore 
Um, sure. I'm sick. I've been sick for 25 years. Wow. Um, I finally have this diagnosis. And I, we knew at that point in March, you know, March, April, they're like, this is going to be a while. Like, it's not like, you know, sure, we're shutting down now, but the scope of this pandemic, this shut down everything, it suddenly looked like there was a lot of time in front of us and like work yeah. was not going to be coming back anytime soon. So I was like, there's no excuse. We have, we have to do have something. to create. Yeah. Or I'm going to go crazy, more yeah. crazy than I already am. <laughs> so I wanted a place to, to be able to, um, I really needed to express myself. That sounds like a really artisty thing, but um, I was cycling through a lot of emotions um, and I was scared. I was terrified being immunocompromised at that time too. If I got sick with COVID before the vaccine could have killed me. Um, And so I felt like I had to stay in this little bubble. And so um, I decided to create this, this, this small little film, uh, which was really more of an outline. Um, it was a 90 page outline with some dialogue in a lot of pictures. And I just brought in all of my best actors that I knew and was like, we need to, let's talk, talk through this. And then it's amazing. Many, many hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to, uh, address this. I have two friends with Lyme disease, two mm-hmm. friends on the East coast. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know what it feels like to sit in your shoes, what what has it been like? Wow. Well, it's it's kind of an invisible disease, you know. And so a lot of times people who have Lyme disease, whether it's the early onset kind or if a lot of the time it's not diagnosed, they do not test enough for this. And so people will get diagnosed with all kinds of things that are not what they actually have. And then they get yes. sicker and sicker and sicker and there's co-infections. Um, People treat you like you're crazy. People treat you like you're making up symptoms because they change all the time. Yeah. Um, and you start then, thinking you're psychosomatic. Exactly. Or that you want attention or that, yeah. God, what a drag. They're always canceling plans because they're always sick. And, you know, and sickness, it manifests in so many different ways. You know, when you have a more obvious disease, um, you know, I think people might uh, treat you with more compassion, right? Like Really? Someone has cancer, someone has, uh, you know, some, some other kind of disease that's a little bit more in the zeitgeist, a little more, shall we say, obvious. Uh, we know how to treat people like that. But the thing is with autoimmune, because so much of it is invisible, a lot of it's neurological, okay. uh, a lot of it is like, you know, okay, well, I have a cough today, but also I, my arm went limp and I don't know why and I can't move, wow. it, I have to move it up on the table oh my gosh know, I can't remember things I I feel like I have dementia because I'm not I can't retain information anymore I can't mm-hmm. concentrate there's a lot of phantom pains and in my particular situation as it was very advanced they found it so late um my lymphatic system had all but shut down and as had my digestive system so I was very puffy and people are cruel and they look at you and go, well, you're overweight or you're, you know, maybe you should just go on a diet and judge you. you know, meanwhile, yeah. I can hardly eat. Five. Yeah. Super. Well, because, yeah. you know, we have an idea of what a sick person looks like, right. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, Oh, you're thin. You're wasting away. You must be so sick. Well, the other side of that was, you know, I had, I had had this puffiness for years and, and, and I had done every diet under the sun and I was very healthy, extremely healthy. I, and at one point I was only eating about 500 calories a day because I was throwing everything up because I couldn't keep anything oh, down and awful. my weight was so 
so high. And so once I addressed the lymphatic problems that I had and started dry mm-hmm. brushing and doing saunas, I just just completely uh, just shrunk down. It was like I got wrung out in a way and my body was cycling the way that it needed to. But, yeah. you know, when you're on the other side of that, people are, you, it's, you get a lot of judgment from others, even doctors, even really? doc- doctors. I had a doctor who looked at me and went, well, you must have a thyroid problem. And oh, come on. He's looking at the, the blood report and there is no thyroid problem. And he goes, well, it just doesn't make sense. I think you do. And it's just not showing up. So I'm just going to put you on thyroid medication. Oh, so you could have side effects from that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's what you're dealing with out there. Um, I even had a doctor, I went to a chiropractor because I just would had horrible back pain. And as he was working on my back, he goes, you know, I don't believe in Lyme disease. I don't think it's a thing. And I was like, thank Oh, come on doctor. Like what? (laughs) So that's the thing is when you have Lyme disease, I'm sure with your friends, you find that you have to arm yourself with as much information as possible because it's kind of a mixed bag out there um, as far as how the medical community uh, handles yeah. it. Sure. Yeah, because you need to find a Lyme literate doctor and those there's a lot of scams out there for that. Oh, I'm sure. A lot of them. Um, and so you're just kind of in the dark. You're just in the dark. And so you kind of have to take your own wellness into your own hands. But yeah, um, yeah there's a lot of people that have it. And it, the, the system should be better, but it's, but it's currently not. I, it just blows my mind. And I don't know how you, you got it, but I remember going fishing as a teenager and, and uh, getting ready for a shower and seeing this black dot right here. And all of a sudden going like, what, you know, like immediately. And so it didn't have a chance, I guess, to get into me. But yeah. we had gone fishing and the, and the um, grass was really high. And I, there's, were ticks, obviously, and here we were in Connecticut, and I was terrified, but that's, there are other ways to get it. Oh, there's tons of, you can get it from fleas, you can get it from other bugs, Um, there's all kinds of different ways to get it, and that's the thing, too, is a lot of times you get it, and you don't know that you have it. And so, you know, in a perfect world, you're like, it would happen like you, you know, oh, here's a tick, I see a tick. I will take this off and maybe I will go and get an antibiotic from my doctor. But in my case, I didn't know I got bit. I mean, I grew up in the country in upstate New York. And so I was getting bit by all kinds of things. You know, you don't really think about it. You're just Um, used to that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's a bump. Here's an itch. Here's a rash. Like, oh, is that poison ivy? Like, could be anything. But when I think, because it happened when I was 10, I didn't get diagnosed until I was 35. Um, but Mm. when I, when I go back and look at the symptoms, I can't believe honestly that some doctor did not put two and two together because once you read about it, I mean, I had the telltale bullseye rash, um, my lymph nodes started to harden and I still have a hardened lymph node under, under my ear here. Um, which I don't know if that will ever go away. I'm very well right now, but you know, things like that. Um, and I remember him feeling it going, huh, that's really not supposed to be there like that. Anyway, probably fine. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and there's psychological problems too. Like, I don't know what it was like for your friends, but I mean, I, I getting this when I was a child at age 10 and going, I mean, that's right before you're a tween and a teen and those fun adolescent years, uh, they were so brutal. And I think they're brutal anyway, 
no matter what age you are. Yes. yes. Um, but I just remember they, they have this thing. Um, they call it, it's a lack of a better term, Lyme rage. Um, really? And when, yeah. At, like you can't. And I remember as a kid, I would go from like zero to 60 and just be like, if something didn't go my way or like I was confused about something or I was scared about something, it would manifest in anger. Um, which is like a behavior problem, never heard this. which I okay. never had those. I didn't have that before, um, before I got bit. And I, I can attest that even as an adult, there would be times where, um, you know, you, you, that's why you sort of feel like you're going a little nuts because yes. you're, I can't explain why I'm on fire right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm agitated and I can't explain it. And it does, it sort of feels like there's, um, like your blood boils in a way. And it kind of is because there's bacterial infection in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. let's see if it isn't PMS, PMDD. Yeah. It's that. I all those endometriosis, uh, PCOS. Cause that's the other thing too. Um, I had found one of the other key components to this for me healing myself, because I did go to several Lyme doctors and did not have that much success. I mean, I would get a little bit better and then it would be, I backslide and I took the meds and, you know, it, it just seems like I wasn't making as much progress. Yeah. My menstrual time was, was the telltale thing. I would lose probably about two weeks a month. Um, two weeks a month? Two weeks a month. I would not be able to get out of bed. I was in so much pain and they were like, well, let's just give you antidepressants and a painkiller and just oh, take them no. two weeks out of the month. No. And then no. like, and then here's Xanax and here's, you know, all this stuff. And I have, you know, I have a lot of addiction stuff in my family. I did not want to touch that. And I also knew like that was not going to cure me. It was just going to be a little band-aid. And right. then I read this article from an Ayurvedic doctor named John Dilliard that was called Maybe It's Not Hormonal. And the entire article changed my life because it just talked about how certain symptoms um, for females can manifest really in, in really painful ways during menstruation okay. if your lymphatic system is not working correctly. And then I did more research on that and realized, oh, my lymphatic system is completely backed up totally yes. and completely with, with dead bacterial Lyme, you know, cells and all kinds of other things, because I also, I didn't sweat. That was another thing. I'd be like, that's huh, a sign. I just ran like three miles and I'm not sweating. That's not normal. You should sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Humans need to sweat. I've never even heard of that. So that's yeah. a symptom. Yeah. And I kind of used to take pride in it. I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I smell great all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sweat. That's gross. But that's because I had really serious Lyme disease. And so once I started doing the infrared saunas and eating an Ayurvedic diet and, and doing dry brushing and all of these things, I started sweating. Now I sweat all the time. And also I'm healthy now. Better <laughs> to have you sweat and stink. <laughs> exactly. I'm very proud of it. And it, but it helps, you know, I mean, my menstrual situation, which I think a lot of women struggle with that yes. um, cleared up almost totally and completely. So now I lose about a day a month as opposed to two weeks out of the month. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. you have to be your own detective. Oh my gosh. Especially right? when you have an autoimmune disease, any yes. auto, because they're just, 
a typical, and, and this is nothing against our doctors, God bless them, seriously, on the front lines of everything, but yes. it's not really well understood, this disease. And so, and from what I understand about people who have lupus and things mm-hmm. like that, which is similar, yes. uh, same thing. Same um, thing. Yeah. And so they just, you know, oftentimes they wanted me to go on two years of antibiotics, three different oh, antibiotics. Your, your poor gut. If they did Yeah. That. And that was also part of the problem was I could not keep food down. I was, had so many digestive issues. My esophagus was on fire. And so I went to a place called Parsley Health which unfortunately you do have to pay out of pocket for, um, you know, I think it's about $150 a month, which I could not really afford very much at the time along with certain supplements. But I was like, well, it's this or I'm going to die. Uh, mm-hmm. cause that's what it felt like because once they tested my blood, they're like, your inflammation levels are so high that you could just have a stroke or a heart attack and just, what? just feel over. Yeah. Oh. That's because th- they could not figure out how to get this inflammation down. And that's because I had three raging infections that had ravaged my body over a period of 25 years, you know, my joints, my brain, my organ, yeah, everywhere, everything. Um, mm. Yeah. So I had to heal my gut through parsley, which I did, which was very hard. <laughs> um, but you're better. Now. It's, it's like, Yeah, you're better. Now. Yeah, it's lifelong. So let me jump back into the film because how did it feel to kind of put your yourself in that role? You know? Yeah. It was, you know, at the time it felt like I have to do this, 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 I absolutely have to do this because a, I don't feel seen. I've never seen a movie like this before where someone is just going to be super raw about all of this stuff. Yes. Um, And I thought that, you know, I have a couple of friends that also have Lyme disease and, they're like, we've never really seen a movie that goes in depth about Lyme disease. And so I thought that would be an interesting topic. But on a selfish level, um, I I knew that if I didn't get this outside of me, um, I was it was not going to be good for my mental health. Like I, I it was almost like a psychological exercise in a way for me, me to be able to express myself, my feelings about this, my anger about this and just get yes. it all out there. And there's so much that didn't make it into the film. Um you know, but I needed to go through the motions of feeling what I felt about this because it was a lot of rage and it was a lot of like, how how, did I just waste 25 years of my life, like banging my head against the wall. Mm -hmm. So I needed, I needed to express that. And so it was a lifeline really. Um, But now, you know, looking back, I'm like, Oh, is that a little self-indulgent? But I don't know. I'm a, I'm a believer in like, you're not alone. Anything that yes. you're feeling, right? You're not alone. Someone else has felt that thing that you're feeling yes. right now. Definitely. And if we're more transparent about this stuff, I think the world will be a better place. Well, and I think you're inspiring people too to, you know, put themselves out there and tell their stories. Oh, thank you. I, I hope do. so. I hope so. I really yeah. do. <laughs> I want to jump back for a second um, because I read. Um, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're, we're speaking with Catherine Isabella Easton. Uh, you're a writer, director, and actress. And we've been talking about her new film. But I read that you were um, a double Academy Nickel quarter finalist. Yes. <laughs> that, bravo. I mean, that's, you must, how did you feel when you heard that? <laughs> it was, well, the first time it happened in 2014, and I was a little bit younger, and I didn't realize that that, you know, I, I at the time, I really didn't realize that that was a, a pretty big deal in this industry. Very big. 
and then somebody was like, um, I've been trying to do that for 10 years. So, <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't. Okay. This is what was that thing again? I won. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time, you know, it sort of felt maybe like a little blind luck um, with yeah. a script that I really, really love. Um, but then the second time was last year, actually, <laughs> during, during the pandemic um, for another script. I had um, that actually talks a lot about it's about trap laws and um, what what we're seeing in Texas now in certain southern states with um, abortion laws and things like that and how we've sort of stripped away a lot of women's rights. Um, so yeah. it's, it's about that, and um, so that was really really delightful to to see that. But it's been it's been interesting because you know I sort of lived my life with this uh, idea of like, okay, well, well, you'll enter the competitions and you'll, you know, well, maybe you'll place and it'll be a big deal. And, you know, I've trended on Blacklist and yes, the Academy Nickel. And I really thought it, it would mean, okay, someone's going to be calling me now. Someone, someplace, somewhere is going to call me exactly. and it's just all going to be easy. And this that is never where it starts. Happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that just, it just didn't happen that way. Um, you know, yeah. maybe it used to, and I don't know. And so I think it's, I think those things are really valid and I love that I did them and I'm so honored to be a part of the list. But um, I think it's also, you know, it, it, it's interesting to think about it in terms of, you know, maybe 10 years ago, someone might've called you or this would have been a, you know, but the industry is changing in a huge right. way. And so that's yeah. why I feel good about being able to actually physically make some, some, some films for very low budget um, in, in a different kind of way and sort of breaking the mold of a traditional script and a traditional mm -hmm. way of going about things. Um, because I think the industry is really, really changing. We're in a part of a change right now. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, La Femme, great festival. How did that feel get, knowing you got in? <laughs> it was crazy. So, okay. <laughs> Full disclosure, I have to tell this story because it will okay. not have the, you know, the right impact otherwise. So I am currently getting a divorce <laughs> oh. uh, from my husband, who's also my business partner. It is, it is amicable, but okay. we're better business partners than with our husband and wife. Um, it's been, a, you know, a heady time. Any, any time, any woman that's gone through a divorce will tell you that, uh, no matter how amicable. Um, and so uh, uh, I was... I was just having a bad day. I was just having a bad day. And I was eating crackers with honey. And I was like, <laughs> crackers. TV, you know, what about the Hagen dazs That was my dinner. I was having a dinner of gluten-free crackers. crackers with a little bit of honey. And I was a little weepy. And then I get this phone call. And it was Leslie. <laughs> and she was like, and I went, hello. <laughs> and she goes, don't hang up. You think it's a bill. It's not. It's not. It's a good call. It's a good call. <laughs> and uh, so La Femme was the first film festival that, that Borrelia got into. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, it means something. So well, much. also, Catherine, doesn't it mean so much when she calls? Oh, my gosh. And I'm so glad that I answered, too, because, yes. you know, in this day and age, you're like, what's this number? I don't know. Right. Sure, this is Leslie Lepage. <laughs> exactly. Who is this? And it was just, I, my mouth was full and I was like a little bit weepy. And I was like, what? I got into the film. Okay. And she's just telling me everything. And it was just, it was, it was like, that was a huge turning point on multiple levels for me of like, okay, baby, we're back. 
we're in the game. And yeah. uh, that's all it takes when you least expect it, right? When you don't even think that the phone's going to ring or you're going to get that email or that call. Yeah. No, it was a Boom. huge turning point. And what's funny is that after that, um, I had I was already in post for my second feature, actually, that we're still in post for. And um, so it was we got into La Femme and then we got into a, several other festivals and then a bunch of other really lovely, lucky uh, star aligning things happened. And I just really am beyond grateful to Leslie for this entire experience because the festival also like. Have you, you've attended it before, right? Or I've gotten you? into it as well. Oh, of course. So it's, it's like, it kind of feels like the Academy Awards. It does. You're, it does. It's, she, it's the prestige of it and just- It's she just wonderful. Did, feel- did you go live before? I've been live and I've been virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did live. Um, we did both um, actually this year. And so it was really, really cool to just see. And also just to meet I know. every filmmaker. <laughs> Well, after being so remote. Yes, and to <laughs> yeah. see other people's work and to just see, because, you yeah. know, of course, now we live in the era where, okay, here's Netflix, here's Amazon, here's all this content. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the commercial content and that's fine. But it was just so cool to see other other people, other women's work yes. uh, that that they're producing themselves just like I am. Um, it's I agree. It's inspiring. Yeah, I because just, you feel less alone. You feel mm-hmm. like, wow, there are people just like me that are just so passionate and they've thrown themselves into creating, yeah. you know, for everything, for every reason. Oh, totally. It's the reason why we're out here. You know, it's like, yeah. you don't, and also you don't really, in this industry, I don't think, you know, if I, when I was younger, you know, I don't know, when I was young, right? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like in your teens and your early 20s, you're like, wow, wonderful things happen all the time, every day. It just rains from the sky. And then, you know, you get into your 30s and you're like, well, okay. Um, some lucky ones. <laughs> like, so just being able to be in a place where we honor these filmmakers, mm-hmm. celebrate these filmmakers. It was right. like, just, I felt so grateful. And my heart was so full just yeah. to be able to experience it. I'll take it with me for the rest of my life. Oh, yes. And you know, you'll probably make some great friends too. Oh, I the did. I feel like I made lifelong friends, actually. There were exactly. like a handful of girls that I just was like, these are my people. Yeah. I know it, you know, and I would have never otherwise have met them, you know? Right. Yeah, I went, she, um, I'm sorry, what? Oh, just the way she unites all of us, you know? Um, it's like there's a place at the table for everybody. And I just, I agree. I, I agree. I was going to say, I went a couple years ago. My uh, script was in the festival and I met a few people that I'm still in contact with. I love them. Yes, I know. I've, I've already gotten together with a few of the girls and we're, and it's also, what's great is that like, you can, you know, join forces. And so it's like, Oh, I oh so you have this lighting package. Well, I have a sound kit. And so we can do this and like, let's just swap. And like, we don't need to rent stuff and like, let's just help each other. And it's just, it's really, yeah. really cool. Really supportive. Yeah. Incredible. Where can people find out more about you and the film? Well, uh, my website is um, www.katherineeston.com. I have a funny spelling name. Should I spell it? Yes, please. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-E-E-A-S-T-O-N.com. Okay. Um, so that's me and all, most of the information on the film. Okay. Um, and the film, uh, and my Instagram handle is at Catherine Isabel. Um, and the film will be actually released. Um, we got a distribution deal through Freestyle Media. Yay. Um, for, yeah. So that was just awesome. another thing. 
so unbelievably, I don't want to say surprising, but you're like, oh, our little, our little movie is good. Okay. Love it. <laughs> Learned a lot. And so that's going to be out on uh, technically January 18th. Okay. Um, EOD and streaming platforms. And we're playing at the Sherman Oaks Film Festival on November 20th at 10 p.m. at the White Fire Theater in Sherman Oaks. Great. In person. In person. <laughs> And you just need proof of vaccination and a mask. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, congratulations. I, I don't know when you finished the film, but it must be super exciting just knowing it's out there in the world. It is. And it's really empowering because it's outside of me now. A lot of these thoughts, a lot of these, you know what I mean? It's outside of me. And I think that um, I, I'm really proud of what we did with very little. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did. We finished it uh, uh, last year. Uh, actually, well, we recut it. We actually recut it. Um, which is what helped us get into festivals, I think. So we oh, had a good. longer version. Nobody wants to see a two-hour Zoom movie. Let's no, no, no. Um, so we had to get that baby down to ninety minutes. <laughs> um, and so we recut it in April, and here we are. Fantastic. Let me ask you one last question because my show is called Get the Funk Out. What do you do when you're having a tough day? What What do you do to keep yourself positive, or you just, or do you just kind of move through those tough moments, those emotions? Mm-hmm. What, what gets you through? You got to feel it. That's yeah. the thing. And that's the heart. And it seems counterintuitive when you have these, these feelings that come up and you're like, I don't feel that. Nope. That's an, that's an ugly, that's scary. That's yeah. got to feel. So now I feel things. I feel it all. And if I need to cry, I cry. If I need to dance, I dance, but it's just, I think to stay continuing to stay present, not only as an artist, but as a human being. Yes. Um, so that's, that's sort of my, what I do um, now. Great. And it made my life a lot m- more joyful. <laughs> That's for great. Sure. I love it. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I so appreciate this. This is so lovely. And I love the Syracuse connection. Yes, yes. I know many of my family members went there. So it's a very uh, important part of my life. Yes. Oh, there's something about it. <laughs> All right. Well, you be well. And thank you again. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. This was so lovely. It was great meeting you. <laughs>